you in a special way. I'm so glad all of you are here today, and I'm excited about my message today. I am getting notices that it's people's birthdays today, so I want to acknowledge everybody. If it's your birthday, stand up really quick all over the room. And we got Stephen's birthday over here. Anybody else's birthday? We want to wish you a happy birthday. Glory was in first service, and uh, it was her birthday today, so we're so glad you came to church to celebrate. What better place, amen, to celebrate your life in church, but I'm excited about today's message. I'm starting a uh, three-week series on a message I've, I've titled, Hope in the Dark, and I really uh, put this message together because my heart has been challenged to, you know, I normally preach a message, how many know that has like Jesus is the rescuer at the end and you're going to get your miracle and your breakthrough. And how many know that's true? God's word is true. It does not lie. We serve an almighty risen savior. But how many know in life, life happens and there's things that happen that we don't understand. And this morning, my title is called, Where Are You, God? Have you ever been a place of your life, and if you live long enough, you have been here, where you have wondered, God, where are you in this situation? That maybe you were believing God for a miracle for somebody, and you prayed for them, and they didn't get healed and went to be with Jesus. Maybe you're believing God for a breakthrough and a promotion in a job, and you didn't get that promotion that you were believing God for. You know, we know that we serve an almighty God, but we live in an imperfect world, don't we? We live in a world that is full of sin, and sometimes when we go through trials and we go through tribulations and we simply wonder, God, where are you? We can get disappointed, and we get discouraged, and as believers, we can throw away everything instead of continuing to hang on until God releases the breakthrough in your life. And this morning, I really want to expose the disappointments of our life that come when you're really believing God for something. And maybe the Lord just simply never showed up. How many of you have been believing God for something and you just never got that breakthrough? Maybe yet, or it just hasn't happened yet. And I want to address those things today, because God is even there when you can't see him there. God is in the lonely places. God is in the silent places. God is in the places where maybe the miracle didn't happen, but he is still there. And I want to encourage you today that on the other side of whatever you're going through is a miracle. On the other side of whatever you're facing, God is developing something on the inside of your heart and in your life. And God is always building our character, isn't he? God's always building our trust in him. He's building our faith in him. And God wants us to hang on even when we don't see him. Amen? I'm going to be breaking down the next three weeks on the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk only has three chapters, and I'm going to be studying out of, we're going to be studying out of chapter one today. And where you find Habakkuk, he was a, one of the minor prophets, one of the 12 minor prophets. He was a temple musician and a priest, but he was a different kind of prophet. A normal prophet would be those that would talk to God, and they bring a word of God, and he talked to the people. But Habakkuk was different, and I think many of us will relate to him this morning. Habakkuk was a man who talked to God about the people. You find him in this story where he was very frustrated. They weren't having breakthrough. They were going through challenges in their life. And where you find in this story that it was 600 years before Jesus came on the scene, in the nation of Judah, who was supposed to be a thriving nation, a prosperous nation, right, that has, should be flowing with all the blessings of God, and they used to now is a nation that is being impoverished when they should be in, pro, in pro, uh, prosperity. Instead of having justice and redemption from God, there was great injustice. 
There was corruption and there's violence. So let's bring it home today. We're living in Phoenix, Arizona, right here at Faith Builders Church, and we're believing for revival to happen in our city, right? We're in here worshiping, we're praising God, we're fasting and believing for this revival, and it gets worse in Phoenix. Corruption rate goes higher, violent rate goes higher, and it looks like what we're believing God for, God is not showing up. And how many know God can do whatever he wants? God is the God of miracles. God is the God of breakthrough. But Habakkuk finds himself in this place where he's beside himself wondering, God, where are you? And I know this isn't a normal message to preach because we want to hear, you know, all the miracle working power. But if you live long enough, there are challenges that come against us where we don't find God in it. And we get discouraged and we grow weary and we want to throw in the towel and we want to quit and give up and we begin to question everything that we stand for. And this is where Habakkuk, he's confused. God, where are you? I know you can move. All you got to do is say the word and everything will change, but you're not here. You ever found yourself in a place where you just go, God, where are you? I know you can do it. Don't you care about me, God? Don't you care what I'm going through? And then what begins to happen? We begin to look at other people's lives and they're blessed and they ain't even really living right for God. I've been living righteous. I've been living faithful. I've been in fasting and prayer. I've been serving at church every day. I deserve this breakthrough in my life. I should have this miracle in my life. And we see other people being blessed. And when we don't see God show up, when he thinks he should be there, we get discouraged. And we get frustrated. And what I love about Habakkuk is he doesn't hide his frustration with God. See, we can get pseudo-Christians in here, can't we? I'm so good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praising God. Life is good. God's a miracle-working God. And then we walk out that door, and we're angry, and we're frustrated, and we want to quit, and we want to give up because we're not being real with how we really feel. And what we're going through, and we'll explain Habakkuk, he didn't stay there, but he got real with God. He was confused. I believe that you're the God Almighty, but I'm also struggling with where things are at right now, God. Has anybody ever wrestled with God before? And that's what he's doing with God right now. And he doesn't hold back. He's upset in this season. You know, when we study this book of Habakkuk, it was 2,600 years ago that this story was told 2,600 years ago, and yet Habakkuk is asking the same question that I think we're frustrated in the kingdom today, and it is this. Why doesn't God seem fair? Has anybody ever been there? Why doesn't God seem fair? I've been faithful. I've been obeying God. I've been trusting him, and that miracle didn't happen. I didn't get the promotion. It went to somebody else. I prayed for that little child and that child didn't get healed. I shared the gospel with that person and they spit in my face or rejected me. More confusion came in my life than God really showing up in my life. And we're going to look at Habakkuk chapter 1. And in the first verse, it says this, that he got a word from God. The first verse, he got a word from God. He got a prophetic word. And we don't know exactly what that word is. But if you study out the Hebrew word, it's mahasa. And it means this. It means an utterance, a burden, a doom that's not uplifting and it's heavy in a weight. How many of you have gone through a season or in a season where it's been heavy for you to carry? It hasn't been a good word. It hasn't been a breakthrough word. That person didn't get healed. That person didn't get saved. You didn't get the promotion. And you're carrying this pressure and frustration of, God, you're not fair in my life. For all honest, we've been there. I've been there. I have story after story of disappointment in my life of wondering, God, why am I here? 
Why am I in this situation? Why did that person betray me and speak against me? Why did that person that I loved and trusted betray me and lie? Why did I have to go through that season? And you're saying, God, where are you? And this is where Habakkuk is. Where are you? I know you're God Almighty, but I'm not seeing your hand move in my situation yet. And so many people right here give up. They throw in the towel and they get discouraged. But God, God is moving on your behalf. And in Habakkuk, the second verse of chapter one says this. He gets real with God. Say God. Something that's so awesome about Habakkuk, he didn't get real with his coworkers. He didn't try to tell his frustration to those that were a part of his team. He didn't go to the people and say, yeah, you're right. Where is God? What's going God in frustration? He went to the source. He went to the one who can make the change. He went to the one who has the answer. See, we're so busy trying to go to everybody else or figure it out or go to nobody instead of going to God and saying, God, here's my raw feelings. Here's what I'm going through. Here's where I'm wondering where you're at. And he went to God, the one that can give him the answer. We've got to quit going to man and worrying about what other people think and go to God and say, God, I don't understand how this happened in my life. I need you to answer me and I need you to give me some hope. Or the enemy comes in. And so we see in verse chapter two, chapter one, verse two, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? How many of us have had that in our prayer closet before? Or maybe if you're like me, I would never say it, but it's definitely in the back of my mind because <laughs> I'd be afraid to tell God that, right? But we're wondering in our soul, God, I keep praying and it doesn't seem like you're listening to me. Matter of fact, not only are you not listening, but it's getting worse than it was before. Or cry out to you, God. I cry out, there's violence happening, but you are not saving me. Why do you make of Habakkuk? He was raw with God. He was vulnerable with God. God, why when I prayed for that person, didn't they get healed? Why when you told me to go to their house and and lead them to Jesus and you said there'd be resistance, but there really was resistance and they didn't receive you? Why, God? I don't understand that. He doesn't get it when he knows God can intervene, but it seems like God doesn't. Can somebody say amen? It happens. And we know God's the God of miracles, and we'll wrap this all up, but I'm talking about real life. Real life disappointments that try to knock us off of our path with Christ. Question our faith in the word of God. Habakkuk's name means this, and his name tells such a great story. And I can relate to the meaning of his name because I've been here. But Habakkuk's name means this. It means to embrace and to wrestle. And I love this about him because he wrestled with God. He was frustrated with God. Have you ever wrestled with God? It's like, God, I know that you're true. I'm embracing your word. I'm embracing what you have to say. You are the God Almighty, but why does it look this way, God? Why didn't the situation turn out different than I wanted? I'm wrestling with the Lord here. He was raw and vulnerable. He embraced and he wrestled. He's doing everything he can in this story to embrace who God is, but what he sees doesn't line up with what he believes he's wrestling with God. I believe you, God, but man, what I see has hurt my heart. What happened to me brought great disappointment and shame and dishonor to me. What happened to me, I don't understand. Everybody thinks I'm a fool, but God, I know you're God, but I'm wrestling with you right now, God. I'm in this turmoil on the inside of me. Not always in life does everything happen the way we want it to happen, does it? It doesn't happen in our timing. It doesn't always happen the way we want it. But God knows the big picture. We live in an imperfect world. 
We live in a world that's full of sin. And when we get to heaven, we'll be all-knowing and we'll understand some things. But the most important thing to understand is God is with you. God is in the process. And God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will bring redemption, even if the situation can never be different. Even if you can never change what happened in the past or what was disappointed you, you can move on to the greatness of God. And I'm going to show you that today through that brokenness, through that disappointment, through that questioning of your faith, the greatest of God will come out of you. The greatest faith, the greatest strength, the greatest courage that you've ever known you could, you could face is because you went through a situation where you wondered, where are you, God? You know, we preach, you're going to lose that job, man, pray for me, I lost my job. Man, God's going to give you a better job, amen? God's going to give you a higher paying job. God's going to give you great benefits. And yet, months go by and you still haven't gotten your job yet. Does that mean you're a failure? Does it mean God let you down? What do we do in those trials? I'm believing for my marriage. My spouse cheated on me, walked out on me, betrayed me. I wanted God to restore it, but it didn't happen. God, where are you? Why didn't it happen the way I wanted it? See, we want that good story. And you know what? God does the good story, doesn't he? But he also works everything together for good according to his purpose, even when we don't understand him. Have you ever been in a trial in your life like a deep brokenness? I've been through places where I just questioned my faith, questioned God, questioned if God was for me anymore. Is he against me? Is he for me? And it's a dark Lonely place, and you ever had a Christian walk up to you, praise God, just trust the Lord. Let go and let God. He's the greatest. He'll turn it all around for good. And you're like, wait a minute, but I'm raw, and I'm hurting, and I'm broken, and I don't know what to do when I don't see God in this situation. You just want to give him the five-fold ministry, like, you know, five-fold, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just... Don't talk to me to let go and let God. Don't talk to me that God's going to work. I'm hurting right now. And I want to know why I'm here. Where are you, God? Has anybody ever been there? My faith has been rattled. I'm spiritually shaken. And I don't know what to do because I know God can do something and he doesn't seem to be showing up. And I don't know why. Habakkuk asked the same question in verse 3. He says, why do you make me look at injustice? He's still talking to God. Why do I have to keep looking at that thing that has caused pain in my heart where I wanted you to show up? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. He's actually saying, God, I don't think you're doing the right thing. How many could verbalize that to God so bold? God, you messed up. <laughs> I don't think you're doing the right thing. See, he's not going from God to the people. This prophet's going to God about the people. God, we're frustrated. We're wondering where you're at. Why isn't that miracle taking place? And I think Habakkuk had the same problems with God that we're facing today in our flesh. Number one, we feel like God doesn't really seem to care. You don't seem to care, really, God. God, you don't have to allow injustice. You're almighty. You're all God. You can remove all the suffering. It doesn't seem like you really care about me. Number two, we feel like God is, you aren't doing as much as you could, God. 
You have all power, almighty. Just speak the word. You're not doing everything you can do. Why aren't you moving on my behalf? Why didn't the situation turn out different than I wanted it to turn out? Number three, what he does say to God is, what you are doing, God, doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. Is it wrong to ask God if something's not fair? Should we just ignore it or can we push back a little bit? Is it wrong or unholy to say to God, I don't understand what's going on in my life? If you look scripturally in the word of God, you find out one-third of the Psalms was written in prayers and songs that was about hurting, trials, and pains. David penned his songs. He said, God, here is my pain. Here is my frustration. I wondered where you were. I wondered when I was left out, when all my brothers were being promoted, and I was just the dirty, stinking young one in the field that was forgotten. But God, I'll worship you with all of my heart. God, I'll continue to praise you no matter what. But God, I'm disappointed and I'm hurt. And why did this happen? One-third of the Psalms, he voiced his frustration to God. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means I'm getting real with where I'm at, God, because I need to be healed. I need to understand why so I can go into the next season you have for my life. We've got to take our life off pause. When you get, when you get hurt by the Lord, when you wonder where God is at and God doesn't seem fair and you stay there, it puts your life on pause. And you stay there. And there's some believers that stay there for 10, 15, 20 years, and they go live with Jesus, but they were stuck in a disappointment instead of trusting God. I don't understand. I'm wrestling with you, God, but I'm embracing that you are true. Amen? The authors, if you study the scriptures, Job, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Jeremiah, every one of them expressed confusion and pain of unbearable suffering for the believers. See, we don't live in a perfect world. We serve a perfect God. And one day, as I shared about the study of heaven, we're going to go to heaven with no troubles. But on earth, there will be trouble. On earth, there will be tribulations. But we don't throw away our faith and our walk with God because we don't understand why. We'll never know the why. All we can do is trust the creator, trust the one who has the answers. Amen? I'm going to show you an analogy this morning of our walk with God. And facing the seasons of God, where are you? And if you uh, have a starting point in your life where you don't have Jesus yet, and every one of you have been there, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't received Jesus yet, but there's this place in our life where we have a conviction of the Holy Spirit, where we're being drawn by God to confess our sins and, and say, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God. Amen. And you really come to a place where you give your life and you surrender all to Jesus. What happens? Your life is empty. It's void. It has no purpose. Even if you have things, your life means nothing. But when you give your life to Jesus, what happens? You shoot up this amazing life. How many remember when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ? It was like you went on this mountaintop experience. Remember how amazing it was? You could just think a prayer and God would answer it. You know, like miracles would happen. People were coming to Christ. You couldn't wait to get into church and worship. You were running for that first worship song because you couldn't miss the presence of God. You were bringing people to church to get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're in your car driving, and it's like the perfect radio song is on. It's just ministering to your soul, you know? You come to church, you're like, man, that word was for me. I don't care if nobody else was there. It was for me. And we're living on this glorious mountaintop experience. And isn't that wonderful? It's a great place to be there with God. God wants those joyful moments in our life. But how many know life happens? It happens. 
We don't live on this mountaintop experience. It's wonderful and it's glorious, but the reality is I live in a life that has disappointments. And so what happens? I have this life and I'm getting familiar with God. I'm not coming to worship as early at the altar, right? I'm not really bringing anybody back to church to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Where You know, you come in for worship and you're like, if I have to hear that song one more time, no reflection of our team because they're awesome. Right? And, and now all of a sudden it's like, uh, Pastor Barb's word was like, mm, okay. Really didn't do anything for me today. No big deal. And life begins to just kind of quiet, right? It starts to go down. That joy and that feeling that we had dissipates. Don't you wish we could live up here all the time? But it's not reality. But then what happens as we go in life is we have something that takes our breath away. We have something that disappoints us. Somebody we love betrayed us, spoke against us. Somebody we admired up on a pedestal and we saw their faults and their failures. Somebody we prayed for didn't get healed. Child, we were believing God for a miracle and it didn't happen. And this is something that Henry Black, in Experiencing God, called crisis of belief. Everything that I believe in this moment, this isn't a small downfall. This is something that is making me question everything I believe in. Why wasn't God there? Why didn't they get healed? Why didn't I have that breakthrough? Has anybody thought this before? Why didn't I have that promotion? And what happens in this place is one or two things, at least people think. One or two things. One, I'm going to pretend all is good. I'm not going to let anybody know what I'm going through. I'm still on the mountaintop. I'm still praising Jesus. Nobody knows my pain. Nobody knows what I'm going through. And every day I'm going through hell. Every day I'm going further down in a pit and nobody knows what I'm going through. And eventually we find them derailed out of the kingdom of God or full of bitterness and discouragement and still coming to church and nothing's happening in their, in their life. This is where life goes on pause if we don't deal with it. Why? Because I'm questioning everything I believe in. But God's word said I'm wrestling with God. He says it, but now I'm embracing his truth, but I'm wrestling with what reality is. I don't understand. I don't understand why those people walked out of my life. And confusion comes in. So I'm either going to pretend I'm still on the mountaintop and all is good, or the other thing that people choose is everything about God isn't real. I tried God, it doesn't work. I tried his word, it failed me. I went to church a few times, I gave to God, and guess what? None of it means anything, I'm gonna throw it all away. And they walk away from their faith in God because something challenged the belief system that we don't understand and we won't understand until we get into eternity, amen? We'll never understand the crisis. And maybe you can never change this, but you can change what happens next. And so here's this disappointment, and you think, well, I either got to pretend I'm good to show face, or I'm going to quit and give up and forget it all, or we can be like Habakkuk. And what did he do? He wrestled, and he embraced. This is where when you don't understand what's happening in your life, I'm wrestling with you, God, but I'm going to embrace your truth. I'm going to keep serving anyway. I'm going to keep loving anyway. And we think that because, okay, now I've got this faith, now I've decided to embrace God, all is well, right? Life's going to go back up. But how many know sometimes when you're going through it, what happens? Keep on going. 
keeps on going down. How many know when it rains, it pours sometimes, doesn't it? One more disappointment hits you. One more failure hits you. Somebody else betrays you. Somebody else talks again. It's like one more thing. What is happening? The enemy's trying to question your belief in God and trusting him. And you find yourself disappointed and you think there's shame in this. There's failure in this. No, every one of us has been up and every one of us has come down. Every one of us has had things that shamed us and disappointed us. And if the devil can get you to buy this, he'll get you to quit and give up. And we find ourselves sliding down. I told a couple after church, a bow and arrow goes backwards before it goes forward. Life can look backwards and you think, man, God's not doing anything. God's not moving on my behalf. But in reality, he's saying, trust me. Stay faithful to me. I'm building something in you that you don't know about the future, but I'm putting it in you in this crisis. Not the answer of the crisis, but through the crisis, I'm going to make you strong. And we find ourselves where James is, James chapter 1. He says, count it all joy when I fall into various trials, for the temptation of my faith builds perseverance. What's happening? I'm still serving and loving God. I'm still being faithful, but I'm going down. I'm still being obedient, amen? I'm doing everything God wants me to do. Now what? God says, stay faithful because I'm gonna build perseverance. And once perseverance has started in you, he said perseverance has to what? Finish the work that it started to build maturity in you that you will be complete, lacking nothing, He said, I'm going to build you. I know this is discouraging, but trust me, stay faithful, serve me, be obedient, because through that, I'm going to bring you back up, and when I do, you're going to be stronger than you were before. I'm going to put faith in you like you've never had before on this mountaintop experience. He said this. He said, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy, and my cup runneth over. You may not understand why life looks down. Why didn't God answer it? We don't know. But God is in the valley. He's right here. We think God is here, and he's building my faith here, and it feels good here. And God says, no, it's here when you trusted me. It's here when you obeyed me. It's here when you are faithful to me, when you felt like giving up, when you felt like quitting, when you, when you questioned your faith and you questioned me, I was there. He said, you want another level of intimacy? You want to know me like you've never known me before? Trust me right here because I will take you up on the highest mountain that you've ever experienced in your life. Amen. This builds your faith. I have learned in my walk with God that this right here puts empathy in my heart for people. Not sympathy. Sympathy goes, I feel so bad for you, but I've never experienced it. Empathy says, I've been on this slope. <laughs> I've been there when God wasn't there for me. I've been there when I felt failure. I've been there when I was disappointed and put to shame. But guess what? You'll come out of this. That's why I can preach this with so much excitement because I've been down this slope. I've been down the shame. I've been down the embarrassment going, God, where are you in the midnight hour? And you didn't show up. Everybody says, God's in the midnight hour. I don't think so. Sometimes one o'clock comes and I'm like, uh, Jesus, 
Don't you know they all say the midnight hour because Paul and John and the, or Paul and whoever was in the prison with him, they worshiped at midnight. But guess what? My morning's here and I'm still in my trial. Guess what? That's okay. You may not understand it, but God's building your character. He's building your endurance. He's building your faithfulness. He's building your trust. And we don't like it because it looks backwards. But God's in it. God's in it. doesn't mean he allowed the crisis of your belief. We don't know that. All I know is it's where I'm at. And I'm not going to what? I'm not going to throw it away. I'm not going to walk away from God. I'm not going to come this far on this adventure and give it up. I'm not going to give up my dreams, my desires, what I'm believing for. God, if it never comes back, if it's never redeemed, if my desires never come to play, I'm good because I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think. You may have been faithful and say, but God, I deserve this. Listen, I watched every one of my girlfriends go by me and get married and start a family, one by one. I've watched some crazy girls get married. I'm like, how'd you get that man? You're crazy. You are crazy. And he's like, fine, got money, right? It's a good package. I'm like, but God, I've been faithful. I've been obedient. I've been building your church, and yet it doesn't seem fair. Guess what? Fair don't matter. Following God's plan matters. This is where we build and grow, amen? This is where our marriages get strong. These are where friendships go deeper when you don't give, give up and throw in the towel. When things go down, you stay faithful, amen? And you trust an almighty God. Our faith grows where? Here. Our faith doesn't grow on the mountain. I'm back up here, thank you, Jesus, but get ready. Because something's going to come and challenge my belief again. But guess what? I'll be stronger this time. I'll be more faithful this time. I'm going to be at another level this time that the devil can't take me out like he tried to the first time. And then God can account me with more and more because now I've built an endurance that I trust the Lord no matter what it looks like. Listen, Jacob, Jacob wrestled with God. He wrestled with God. And he said, God, you bless me. I'm wrestling. I'm here. I'm alone. I got my head on a rock at night. <laughs> Life doesn't look good. I'm wrestling. And he said, God, you will bless me. But guess what? Jacob walked with a limp. God changed his name, but he walked with a limp. Sometimes life gives us a limp, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't understand, but I don't remove my faithfulness to God because of it. And sometimes God moves, and it's awesome. Like uh, Hezekiah, God pronounced him, you're going to die. Your life is over. Can you imagine getting that prophetic word from God? Uh, okay, God. <laughs> but he said, God, remember what you did. I, he wrestled with God. Don't you remember? I've been faithful. I've been obedient. And God says, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. See, there's sometimes God will move on our behalf, and sometimes he doesn't. God, where are you? Habakkuk says, I don't understand what you're doing, and it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> but listen to what God had to respond to Habakkuk. In uh, chapter 1, verse 5, look at the nations and watch, this is God, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. He said, get ready, Habakkuk, because I'm about to do an amazing thing. You're about to get that breakthrough you've never had before. You're about to get that promise and that promotion. All these great things are coming, and it's awesome. How many's ever got a word like that before? You guys know this is a trick question, right? You've been in a great service. This is the year of preparation. Get ready for 2020, right? 
And then it doesn't happen, and it gets worse. And that's what happened. God came in the next, he said, I'm coming. You're not going to believe it. Your eyes never seen, your ears never heard. And guess what? The enemy still came for a while until God shifted, right? It doesn't make sense, and it's not fair, and it's not right. But listen to this. A committed believer can both wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in God. It's okay to wrestle with God and not understand. You don't stay there, amen? I've been broken. I've been betrayed. I've had to make decisions that were embarrassing and shameful in my life to to try to honor God. And I wrestled with the Lord, but I still embraced his truth. And then the Lord, then guess what? In that disappointment, in that failure where you're still being faithful and you're trusting God, there's one message that sets you free. There's one worship experience that delivers you. There's somewhere here when you're about to bottom out in that midnight hour, God goes, here you go. I'm about to take you back up. I'm about to build your faith again. That's why we don't quit. That's why we don't give up. You still come to church when you're hurting and disappointed. You still serve in the kingdom of God. You still love God's people no matter what, amen, because God is taking you up. But if you quit, you miss the moment where God begins to shift in your life, amen? I want to close with um, this verse and show you Habakkuk 1 where he wrestled with the Lord, where you can see it in his words. And it says in chapter 1, verse 12, Lord, you are you not from everlasting? He's embracing God. My God, my Holy One, you will never die. I'm embracing you. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. I'm embracing. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? I'm wrestling. Why are you listening while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? I'm wrestling. I believe you're almighty, but I'm struggling with what's happening in the natural. I believe you can do it, but I'm having a difficult time understanding. I want to encourage you this morning. God understands your pain. He understands your brokenness. He welcomes your questions. Rather, God would want you to voice your frustration to him than walk away from him. He'd rather you tell him what you're going through. I missed this earlier part of my message, and I'm, I'm glad the Lord brought this back to my remembrance. But Jesus... When he died on the cross, Jesus was all perfect, wasn't he? All perfect. And what did Jesus do? He said, I live to obey my father. I'm here to do whatever he tells me to do, I will do. He lived to honor his father. And when he died on that cross, the Bible says all sin was put upon him, right? All the sin was put upon Jesus. And what happened? The one he loved, the one he trusted, turned his back on him. And what was the first word Jesus said? Why? Why, God, have you betrayed me? Why have you turned your back on me? I've been faithful. I was obedient. I laid my life down on the cross. Why have you turned your back on me? Jesus understood what it meant to not understand what God was doing. He understood. And we know God turned his back on him because he couldn't look on sin. But God, amen, he understands. When you're hit the wall, When you hit the crisis, your trial, your burden, and what you're going through, listen, don't deny your doubts. It's real, isn't it? Don't deny your doubts. Let your doubts drive you to God to embrace even when you wrestle him. Let your doubts drive you to God. 
How do we do that? Being faithful. Being faithful in worship, faithful in the word, continuing to come to church when it hurts, continuing to love people when everybody's getting blessed and, it's, and you're not. Not just seems like you're not, you're not. <laughs> Amen? So the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking more about this. And what I want you to understand, this is only chapter one. Habakkuk has a story to tell. I don't want you to quit in your chapter one. Next week, we're going to talk on waiting on God. Don't stop in your chapter one. Let's go to the next season of our journey, amen? Let's get put away the things from the past, the things you can't change, the things where there was a crisis in your belief system and there's nothing you could do about it. It's time to let that go. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you this morning. Matter of fact, go ahead and stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you this morning as I was sitting praying over my lesson today. And I'm going to be honest, this is not an easy message to teach. It's truth. But we always want that great ending, don't we? We always do. And a lot of times we get it, and there's sometimes we don't. And so it's been challenging for me. But the Lord said this morning he's going to set many of you free because you've been held captive at that place where you had a crisis in your belief. You were held captive in, in how your walk with God and your freedom to go further with Christ. And there's been a great disappointment there that God wants to heal. And I know that as I pray this morning, that's going to lift off of your shoulders. And you're going to be free today. And I'm not saying tomorrow is going to get 100, but I'm saying you're on the road to victory. You're on the road to the next season, amen? You're on the road to be able to put this behind you, shut that door behind you, and move on to what God has in your life. How many are ready for what God has? It's time to put those things behind us. The things we don't understand, the things that caused us to question God, we cannot change the, the past. We can only aim for the future. Amen. So let's just lift our hands. Father God, we release a corporate prayer over this entire church and those who may be listening later or even online right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch every one of us in this room. Lord, we drive out the crisis of our belief system right now. We drive out that area that came in, Father God, through disappointments, God, where we wondered where were you, God, and why didn't you change it, and why didn't it have a different outcome? Father God, we don't understand, but right now we are going to Give it over to you, Father God. We're going to break that entrapment. We're going to break that bondage that the enemy has caused us to be stuck there. And in the name of Jesus, we are going to let it go, Father God. We're not going to quit or give up. We're not going to question. We're not going to look back. But we're going to press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to press on in joy. We're going to press on in peace, God. Make us stronger. Make us victorious, God. Make us overcomers in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing fall upon us, Lord God. We will have a mouth that will not have shame or fear, but we will be bold as a lion, God. We may not have the answers, but we have Jesus. We have his authority, we have his anointing, and we have his power in our life, Father God. But we are not ashamed, God, of the gospel of Christ Jesus. We are not ashamed when we didn't understand you. We're not ashamed of the outcomes, God. We're going to lift up our eyes unto you, Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God, of our faith, Jesus. We're going to look up unto you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I command shame to come off of you. I command disappointment to come off of you in the name of Jesus. We are not vindicators of God's word. He is the vindicator. He is the judge. And Lord, we surrender it. I just 
Some of you are getting peace off of that. Let God be the one who handles your business. In the name of Jesus, we declare freedom, freedom. God, we will not be ashamed of our journey, but let perseverance kick in gear in our life and shift it in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to confess your, with your heart, believe with your mouth, you are saved. And if you need Jesus today, you're at that starting point and you need that kickoff in your life, just lift your hand up right now all over this room. Thank you, thank you. Say yes to Jesus all over this room. Yes over there, yes over there, yes back there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you. Father, we thank you for all those who have made you their Lord and Savior today. Whether they're repenting, making it right, coming for the first time, Jesus. We know that all of heaven is rejoicing because of one who comes into your kingdom, Father God. And we give you praise, God. We give you glory for what you're doing in their lives, in their families' lives, in their children's lives, in this church, God, in this city, Father God. We thank you that revival is coming. Revival is coming the harvest is being plucked for the kingdom of God we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus we pray amen and amen give the Lord a great big shout this morning